Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Zach. Today I'm joined in the studio by Scott Waite. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Doing good. It's been a very nice day. It was very, uh, very balmy. Yeah, very I wore sunny. shorts the other day. It was it's, weird. It was February and uh, we're already bra- breaking out the shorts, uh, but I like it. I'm happy about it. Um, also joining him in the studio is Nolan. Oh, wait, he's not here. Nolan will be here for a short time. Yeah, like during, 10 minutes. During the meat and potatoes of this episode. Yeah, Nolan doesn't love you as much as Zach and I love you guys. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, but until then, uh, let's go ahead and go into the news here. First and foremost, a man that we know, a man we love, uh, a man with an interesting hairstyle. <laughs> Tainter, Mitchell Tainer, has signed with San Antonio FC. Dude, I'm telling you, San Antonio has made some really good moves this offseason. Actually, kind of on a side note, there have been a lot of Western Conference teams that have gotten a lot better. Yes, facts. And it's really annoying. I am, I'm sitting here on my feed watching the San Diego Loyals sign great player after great player. Just, just great, just, you know, shrewd signings. Of excellent players. And the same can be said about Phoenix, the Monarchs. Now, uh, San Antonio has signed Tainer. They had already signed um, one of our favorites. Hayden Partain. Hayden Partain. Yeah, the, the, there's just the level of talent, I think, is, is definitely raising across the board for the Western Conference. Yeah, San Diego signed a player that you wanted to come see in Sacramento midfielder colin martin yes i would have loved to have seen him here um and yeah exactly i mean you will see him in sacramento once just playing for another team we will go see him in san diego once as well and we will tell him hey we want to do this time with us (laughs) you should have come here um also usl is now recognizing the uslpa on behalf of league one members yeah so so there's kind of no news other than that. So the, the USL Players Association is still negotiating for the championship. And they basically said, hey, once we're done with that, then we'll go to League One. I don't think they're going to be done with the championship for like another year, probably, at least. So League One players have a little bit more time to uh, to wait for kind of a standardized contract and some league minimums and stuff like that. Also, speaking of standardized minimums and league contracts... Major League Soccer announced that that they have reached an agreement with collective the, bargaining agreement with the Major League Soccer Players Association for a collective bargaining agreement through 2024. We don't have time to like get into all the details, but basically the highlights are more money is going to be spent on player salaries and transition um, transactions transfers. There's going to be uh, some better things like uh, more chartered flights. Uh, there's going to be some things like um, a better free agency Uh, so the the previous requirement was you had to be in the league eight years and be i'm like 28 years old or something so you had to be kind of old to be a free agent now it's five years in the league and you're 25 years old so a lot more players are eligible for free agency stuff like that and that goes through 2024 so you're like hey why are you talking about major league soccer you know cba we're on league for another two years well that CBA affects Sacramento when they become a major league soccer team in a couple of years. So yeah, thinking long-term and you know, honestly, I think it's really good that these things are happening. We, we thinking very long-term we have a, 
We have a World Cup coming to North America in 2026. Uh I believe that our team is going to be very competitive come 2026. You're talking about the U.S. men's national U.S. team. U.S. men's yeah. national team. And I would not doubt that a lot more eyes are going to come to Major League Soccer, which means more money, which means more everything. Um, and so when we're talking really long term here, um, I'm really glad to see these type of things starting to take place. So good stuff. Uh, finally, let's just end with Josh Cohen. He's still starting for Maccabee Haifa. He is a constant, consistent starter at this point. Um, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I'm proud of him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. So <laughs> um, yeah, he's playing at a high level of Israeli soccer. Like it's a really good club. It's European soccer. And I would not doubt that uh, he could, continue to his his stock could continue to rise as a international player so good for him uh finally we're gonna go ahead and go into a review of these preseason games that we have had over the month of february uh starting with the routing that we had by the seattle sounders now it was six to two you got to take these games with a grain of salt really because it's the it's the off season you know you're still working out kinks everything uh, we played a very good um, starting eleven from the Sounders. They are uh, they were a week away from a Champions League game, Concacaf Champions League game. So they put their best out there to kind of have a tune-up game. Lost six to two, but uh, you know uh, it is what it is. Reno, we won, came back and won that game, one nothing. Uh, San Jose. Uh, also won that game three to one, which I think is in, again you take these things with a grain of salt, but encouraging three to one against San Jose is encouraging. Yeah, and the the San Jose game I think is interesting because it looked to be our strongest starting eleven at the moment. That's before you know maybe some players come back from injuries. You know when when you go from not training to all of a sudden yeah um, like training twice a day stuff like that. Double days, your body yeah. sometimes doesn't recover as quickly it's not used to to the stresses and stuff so there's some injuries so we have mm. that was our best starting 11 right now but that's not maybe our strongest starting 11 um you know a few games into the season so good victory i don't think that was san jose starting 11 no probably um, not probably not we scored three goals in 29 minutes yeah that doesn't make me think that it's their starting 11 yeah. the so, first 29 minutes small grain of salt again there. yes encouraging grain of salt finally Oakland. Uh, Oakland is a team we'll play in a couple months. In the, the Oakland Roots. Yes, in the Open Cup. Uh, beat them 2-1 to one with uh, a couple starters, a couple trialists. I, I honestly don't think there were really any starters at this point. The San Jose game was on Friday, and then the Oakland game was on Saturday. Yeah. San Jose was 90 minutes. Oakland game was 120 minutes. Gotcha. So... I really don't think there were any starters. The really the big names that people would know would be Carlton Belmar, uh-huh. um, Deco Keenan at center back. Uh, Juan Barahona was at left back, and I. So there's one. Maybe, I, maybe. Why wasn't he playing on Friday good against point. San Jose? I I don't know. Maybe you know, Ash. That is a good point. Which I think we can just shorten Ash can off to Ash, and people will know. Ash. Um, maybe Ash is just a better left back right now. Who knows? Um, that would be big. That would be, that'd be pretty big. was huge for us last year. Yeah. And and I think he would play, this is just hypothetical, like we don't know really yet, but I think he would play well in a Mark Briggs system from what I've seen and heard so far. Um, but yeah, very. Uh, it's an interesting point. And 
the only other name I think of consequence was Mario Panegos was playing that number 10-ish kind of role in the central midfield for, for Sacramento against Oakland. Looked really good. I'm 99% confident he had the assist on the first goal, which we're going to talk about uh, in a second with Nolan. And then the, the second goal was a penalty that Carlton Belmar put away. It was, you know, it was mid-height, but it was as far over to the right as you can get without hitting the post. The goalie gets the right way, but the shot was just too hard. Oakland's goal was, I, I can't remember. It was kind of not fluky, but I just remember being like, oh, okay. It was a goal. It, it was when a lot of the academy players had come in, and it was mostly uh, trialists and academy players. Like, I, Deckel had come out. Um, Panegos had come out. Uh, I I think, I can't remember. Trialists don't wear numbers, and some academy players don't wear numbers, so we were kind of guessing at who was who. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's just the Oakland game. That's the San Jose game. BJF scored against Reno. Don't really care. <laughs> Six goals against the Sounders. Don't really care. It was the same thing a lot of academy players in at the end. Um, so I don't really care about that one either. Zach, anything else you want to add before we go to a quick break? No, nah, let's just do it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on the other side. Now we're going to transition it into a time of uh, some questions that we got uh, both on our Reddit and our Twitter and also some answers that we got from our coach, Mark Briggs. So I'm just going to go into all these questions. Uh, I'm going to read them all down the line and then we will play the audio and we'll discuss it for you guys. So starting with Oblick, Oblick on Reddit, he had two questions for us. Any more signings to be expected this offseason? Also, how much will we see academy players getting first team minutes this season? Very, uh, very popular question. Um, questions also on Twitter. In what ways has training sessions changed under Mark Briggs? What style play can we expect this coming season? Has there been any unexpected breakout players since starting training? That was from Blake on Twitter. Uh, question from David on Twitter as well. Is Coach Briggs going to follow the Elliott model of rotating lineups, or should we expect pretty much similar lineups week in and week out? And finally, from Stefan on Twitter, what's our forward lineup strategy? A Wasa up front, in the hole, and a two-man lineup? Uh, he wants to know. Yeah, and we didn't pick ever. I think there was a couple questions that we left out. So, um, sorry if we didn't if pick we a question, you out, but tough. it was... It's just the time constraint. So um, we're going to play the audio that we captured from the post-training session on Thursday, February. Is that the 20th, I believe, Nolan? Yeah, it was the yeah. 20th. Um, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about that. We'll see what questions get answered. And then we'll play the audio from the uh, Oakland Roots game that we, we got from uh, Mark Briggs after that game. And then we'll talk about that for a second. And that'll be the show. All right. Here comes the audio. <laughs> there you go, just throw it at me. Um, it's going well. It's, um, it's a process, right? You're trying to implement certain things that haven't been asked of them before. Um, so it's a process, but the players' players' attitudes have been great. They're buying into what we're trying to teach. Um, so it's building bit by bit, making sure that we're ready for opening day. 
some names maybe that uh, you'd like so far? With some guys that have surprised you that you're that you've interest in? Yeah, no, I think uh, to be honest with you, without naming anyone in particular, I've been really impressed with the level of the group. Um, they can handle what I'm asking of them, um, and I think once they once they start to understand certain movements, the right time to make those movements making the correct pass, pass selection, those types of things, I think we're, it'll come to fruition, especially when we're on Papa Murphy's. Um, we've got a bit more space and a flat surface. Is that a credit to the, maybe the talent of these guys and, and their resumes? Yeah, no, I think uh, first and foremost they're pros, so they should be able to do a lot of the things that I'm asking. Um, but I think the individual ability and the collective culture and attitude that's started to come out um, I think it'll bode well for when we actually open up and we're playing competitive games talking with Will talk to me about the intensity of these guys he says that these guys are kind of flying around already looking uh, almost game ready yeah no I, I think um, I always say like you, you can't waste a day um, and that's the culture the attitude that we we have to have if we want to be successful like it hasn't happened yet, but if somebody comes out here and they don't want to train and they don't want to put in the effort, I'll just send them in. If they're not wasting my time, my staff's time, the team's time, uh, the supporters' time ultimately, because if you if you waste time out here, it's never going to come to fruition on st at the stadium. Um, so the intensity and the level's been very good, and they're holding one another accountable. Um, which makes my job easy because I don't have to step in too much because the players are holding one another to a standard. San Jose and the Oakland Roots coming up this week. Talk to me about what you're expecting from those matches. Yeah, obviously um, two different animals, so to speak. Uh, there'll be one group playing in the San Jose game um, and another group playing in the Oakland Roots game here on Saturday. Uh, San Jose, obviously, uh, they play a different style, which is going to put us in uncomfortable scenarios. Um, I like this pre-season because it's not necessarily a pre-season that we stroll through and we're beating teams four or five because we don't get put in uncomfortable positions. Then you get to real games and you put under pressure and the players aren't ready for it. So playing against Seattle, San Jose, Reno, we are getting put in, in these uncomfortable scenarios. Um, and I expect another one against San Jose, especially with Almeida's style and the man-to-man -man pressing. You know, it's going to be difficult for us. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the academy features that we've had in the last few um, preseason matches. Again, going, putting guys up against the CONCACAF Champions League prep Seattle, putting guys up against uh, Western Conference champs uh, Reno. Same thing coming up this week with San Jose. Um, pretty, pretty great to have a strong academy leading that path, right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the academy and the talent we have coming through is uh, really beneficial for the club and where it's going in its future um, and I think to be able to give them a taste of the next level and some of them are thriving in that some of them are thriving within within the professional atmospheres they're thriving so for me if you're if you're old enough you're good enough if you're 15 years old and you can play professional football you can play right um, a lot of people think oh well you have to be 22 23 24 I don't agree with that. I think if you're old enough, you're good enough. And uh, if the academy players carry on with what they've been doing so far, they, they will see opportunities to play for the first team. And I think that's important from a holistic view as a football club. 
you know, we, we have to give opportunity when it's warranted, you know, and uh, they've earned the right and they're getting opportunity. Coach, there's been some uh, que some questions from fans on social media about uh, a lack of depth at the striker position. What are your thoughts on um, those concerns? Um, can they be assuaged in some way, or, or is that something you're concerned with as well? Um, I think um, I can understand how the supporters would look at it and only seeing Cameron Owasa as an out-and-out number nine, but Carlton Belmar can play number nine, Villian Bijev played number nine for Liverpool, Derek Formell has played number nine in Poland. So the players that we have, you can rotate them into different systems, into different positions. Um, so I understand what people are saying looking in from the outside, but the roster's been thought about in depth, um, and I think we have good balance in each position. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's, been a, it's been a productive weekend. Uh, yesterday in uh, San Jose was uh, pleasing, obviously, um, but for everyone, we got 90 minutes under our belts. Um, and now we're, we're ramping up a little bit, right? We're a couple of weeks away from the opener. One final pre-season game next week. So it's about getting everyone 90 minutes and getting everyone a little bit sharper, not only with their body, but sharper mentally. So we're ready for opening night. We spoke after uh, Rodrigo Lopez's uh, press conference. We spoke about uh, how excited you were in this club were just to get things started. Now that training camp has long been underway, preseason just over the horizon. How has the work rate been for this club overall? Have they hit the ground running like you expected? Yeah, no, they all came in in great shape. They all came in fit, which is a good start. And then it's about implementing, you know, I guess my philosophy and my style and the things that I want and ask um, for each individual. Um, and they're you know, it's going to take time. It takes. It's a process, um, but we're building step by step, and slowly you can see those those pieces coming together. How receptive have they been to your philosophy and to that process so far? And then, how receptive have you been to them? Yeah, I think uh, so far so good. They've been. Ex I'm extremely happy with the attitude, the application that's shown on a day-to-day -day basis, and the intensity. Um, the intensity is something that. I need in my system and with my philosophy and I think the intensity at this level is what people won't be able to handle so I'm really pleased with where they're at um, and like I say their application to everything that we're trying to implement. I'm impressed by the quality of clubs that this team has taken on here during preseason. San Jose, Seattle, uh, Oakland today that you'll meet in U.S. Open Cup action. Then you have the champions uh, coming in on Saturday. Does that speak to just the, the high expectations of the club? you want to compete with the best right away? I think pre-seasons, like, you, you have to be put in uncomfortable positions. So to me, pre-seasons a waste of time playing against teams that you're going to destroy. You get nothing out of it. Uh, so we've played Seattle the MLS champions and we got a lot out of that and we played San Jose and we've got a lot out of that and another good game against Oakland today so it's three competitive games and then obviously we'll go against the Monarchs next weekend um, so we'll get to see basically real action we'll get to see what the what our players will look like when we're under pressure against teams in league action um, so it's uh, I'm happy with the preseason happy with the quality of opponent that we we, we managed to get all right, so we've uh, we've gone back, we've listened to the recordings of the post-match press conference and the post-practice press conference with Coach Mark Briggs, um, and now uh, hopefully you guys see how some of those questions that you asked us on social media have been answered, um, but we're just going to go through them um, and provide a little more detail um, to each of them. So the first question from Ublik on Reddit was, uh, any more signings that we can be 
expecting. Um, Scott and I watched the three current trialists um, play in the game against Oakland. Um, it, we had Adam Mickelson playing on the right wing. Uh, Kieran, Kieran Jones or Sierran Jones? I think it's Kieran. Kieran uh, Jones was was playing at center back next to Deckel Keenan on the right side. No, left side of the. He was on the left side of the left. Yeah, left center back, and then um, Gerald Ben was the final trialist starting at striker with <sighs> Carlton Belmar, I believe, playing on his left, and then they had Penego or not Penego at right at the right. No, and Mickelson at the right. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, and Mickelson was playing on the right wing. Um, Mickelson scored the only, the first goal, and right before he scored the first goal, we saw him hit the post. Um, there were flashes that looked good. Obviously, the goal looked good. Um, I just don't know if Sacramento needs another winger, especially having signed Ashkenaz Apollon, who's I know been listed as a as a fullback wingback, um, but can also play the wing. Um, Sacramento seemed to have really strong wingers with Derek Formella, Sam Werner, Philly Bijev. Um, I don't know. Scott, what do you think about Mickelson possibly being signed? Um, I, I kind of see what, what you're saying. Like we have what, I mean, there's BJ can play on the wing, Belmar, uh, even a yeah, can Belmar. play on the wing, yeah. Werner. Um, I mean, there's Ashkenoff. I mean, that's five or six guys probably that can naturally play out on the wing. Maybe not so. Maybe not Bijev naturally, or maybe uh, not Awasa naturally, but they can do it. So I kind of don't understand why he's there, unless he's kind of the guy that you're like, hey, look, if there's a major injury crisis, we're going to call you and we're going to bring you in. Hmm. That's really the only reason I can understand why he's there. Same thing with, um, what did we say his name was? Kieran. Uh, Kieran. Kieran. I think Kieran. it's Kieran. Yeah. Kieran. Um, the center back, Kieran Jones, kind of the same thing. If you want to bring through Hayden Sargis, then you're not going to sign another center back to play in front of him. So uh, it's he's another one like, hey, if there's an injury crisis at this position, we're going to call you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he was good. Sorry, sorry Zach. He was good. he was good. Yeah, he was definitely very communicative. Which okay. I'm I'm wondering if maybe he was told to do that. Like Deckel was told, hey, let him kind of lead. And so we can see that okay, because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like Deckel Keenan, I mean, the reason you have a 35 year old is to is be the leader. He can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he was good. I don't, I didn't really see him put a toe wrong. He was, his mm-hmm. passing was solid. Um, he was definitely very communicative with the, the fullback on the left, which it changed. So um, I thought that was really good. Yeah. The, the forward, the f- the Gerald Ben didn't did do anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. He held the ball up okay, but he's like 6'3 or something. He, he was too tall. He would try to dribble through like three or four guys. His decision-making yeah, just wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, it's tough I, also when you're a trialist, especially this late into the yeah. training camp. It's You got a flash, especially yeah. as a striker too, you know. He also tried at times to do too much, and I think that actually yeah. hurt a, went against him. So yep. the likelihood of any more signings I think is low, but it's good to know that we've seen these guys, we don't hate them. Mm. And if there is a crisis, there is an injury crisis that the team has these numbers. They, they've been with them in training. Hopefully they're fit. They're doing their due diligence. They're trying players. It's, I think it's to be expected at this point in the season. So let's just move on to Oblik's next question because it's, it kind of aligns with this. How many minutes will we see for Academy players? So 
Sargis played 90 against San Jose. I think he might not be a starter, but he it seems to be he's going to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. He'll get minutes, yeah. This is what I'll say. If there are as many injuries going into the season, not going into the season, but throughout the season, as it appears that there were at training, I mean, there was probably, what, Nolan, eight guys on the sideline that looked like they weren't really participating in training. Um, and they're, they're maybe not injuries. They're probably just knocks that you're you know trying to nurse so that you don't get an injury at the beginning of the season. But if there are injuries, I think that there could be some serious minutes for academy players. But the, I think the wording of this question is important. How, how much minute the, the question literally is how much minutes will we see academy players getting, sorry, how much will we see academy players getting first team minutes this season? Um, it's hard to answer that with a number. I think we'll just say a good amount. I don't know. We've kind of talked about that. And in the past, it's been hardly any. Yeah. So. I definitely think there'll be more than the past, at the very least. And now from Blake uh, on Twitter asked, in what ways has training sessions changed under Briggs? Uh, Quite honestly, we don't know. We didn't really see much of Elliot. uh, And we still haven't really seen a whole lot of Briggs. It's still a training camp, still early. Uh, What style of play can we expect this coming season? Has there been any unexpected breakout players since starting training camp? Uh, Alicia Rodriguez... Um, in her one-on-one interview with Briggs on ICS was told that Derek Formella came into camp extremely fit and has impressed in training camp, uh, which is really exciting, I think. Uh, He got the start against San Jose, in which arguably it was the strongest Sacramento 11 uh, started so far. Um, So Formella is definitely one. Um, If I could speak to style of play, uh, Briggs has said he likes a 4-3-3. Um, expect to see a four three three. Expect to see a Wasa up top. Um, and with how Formella has played, expect there to be competitions uh, on the wing with Warner and with Carlton Belmar. Yeah. So we kind of paired these together because I think they they kind of make sense uh, together with him talking about Formella. So, um. We were expecting Belmar to be that right winger. And in our heads, it was kind of like, oh, hey, you're signing this guy. You're probably paying him a lot of money. He's, he, it, felt, it just felt like he was going to be the one that was going to play on the right. And it was... It was flashy. It was like a, yeah, for it was, sure. It was like a, a pendant signing. But now with apparently Formella showing up really well in, in training camp, yes. I think it maybe signals uh, a, a, a maybe a small tweak in the, the playing style. Um, Formella is a bit more of a center forward than a winger. Yeah. Now, yeah, he can play on the wing, but what Nolan and I noticed during the Oakland roots game is that those wingers were very inverted. They Mm -hmm. weren't on the sideline. Like I think people are expecting them to be like, if you looked at Warner or whoever, you know, was playing on the right, a lot of times it was Aliman. They started very wide. Yes. I think these wingers are going to start very narrow and they're going to allow, uh, the fullbacks to get up pretty far and they're it's pretty much going to start that way so i think with with uh formella playing that right wing spot i we expect i think that means that he's going to play very central and i think maybe at times um drop under 
Iwasa, now not directly under him, he'll still be on the right side, but he'll drop a little bit more and kind of be a bit more of a playmaker. But then also he'll play, you know, back to goal, just like essentially another forward. So it's funny because there's a, there's going to be another question here that talks about, you know, where's, uh, how are the forward lineups going to be? Where's, you know, Awasa going to be stuff like that. And I originally on Twitter, I said, you know, it's not going to be two man up front, but at times it almost might look like it there are two strikers up front in transition. Because, yeah. Because, um, Werner will be out on the left and I think he will, t- he's going to tend to want to be on the sideline. That's just kind of where he naturally wants to go. Yeah. So I think at times it's going to look like there are two forwards within this weird kind of left winger on the sideline and then the right back or right midfielder or whoever kind of getting forward on the right side. So those are kind of, that's kind of why those two questions go together. Um, and I think that's interesting and it's not always going to happen. It's not always going to happen. Just something to look out for. All right, let's move on to the next question from David on Twitter. Is coach Briggs going to follow the Elliott model of rotating lineups or should we expect pretty similar lineups week in and week out? I think he will. Yes. Rotate the squad, but for good reason, it's not going to be what we saw from Elliott where it was kind of for no reason. <laughs> it just yeah. kind of felt like, okay, and here's yeah. this guy uh-huh, in now. Exactly. Um, this, I think, is going to be a bit more because there are academy players that they want to give minutes. It's not going to be, oh, well, you know, we want to keep this player happy. It's going to be, hey, we, we want to give this guy minutes so he can develop. Well, That's, that, yeah, that and, and going off of what we just talked about with Formella, um, there's healthy competition uh, up, up top. And so we might see a rotation with Formella and Warner and Belmar with maybe Awasa and Formella. Like if, if these things are true about Formella, there's healthy competition up top. Um, and the rotations we're going to see hopefully are good players being rotated out for good players. So it's a good thing. Right, right. It's not, oh, this player is underperforming. Um, and we're trying to find a solution. It's maybe, hey, this player is just not performing as well as we need them to, even though they might not be bad. Let's bring in another good player. So I totally agree with that. And also, it, just in what I've heard, if I could just throw a hypothetical out there, I just I feel like I've heard a lot about Bjev in uh, just in conferences and in the way Mark Briggs has talked like his name has come up multiple times I would not doubt if we saw a healthy rotation of Vilian Bijev also in that mix as well so well and it's interesting you bring bring up Bijev because in the San Jose game he had to start at central midfield so I think he was playing more of like a number 10 he was the most forward central midfielder got you uh but he had to play at number 10 and I think it's because Roro appears to have maybe have an injury, small knock. Um, again, I, or maybe just rest for an older guy. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned about that. It's preseason. This is the time yeah, to sure. not mess around with any sort of. If you're like, if you're at all sore, just be like, hey, I'm a little sore. Yeah, and you're gonna yeah, go exactly. off to the sideline, and you're not gonna, you know, destroy your knee, you know, two weeks before Especially the season starts. As a veteran, established starter. Yeah, so I think Bijev is maybe his versatility is going to be utilized under Briggs. He can play, you know, maybe a central midfield position. He can maybe go play on the wing. He can play striker as 
uh, Briggs mentioned. So hopefully he'll actually be utilized. Okay, so with that, let's move on to the last question from Stefan on Twitter. What's our forward lineup slash strategy? Awasa up top uh, in the hole or in a two-man line? So again, we kind of answered this on Twitter. It's not going to look like a two-man line. Maybe it'll kind of appear that way at times, but the forward lineup right now is, I think, Werner on the left, Awasa up top, and Formella on the right. We kind of talked about the strategy already, but from what we saw with Oakland, I actually think it it's difficult to say because we're playing Oakland in like two months. So we're not going to show them some like super complicated strategy and really like deep complicated no, you're showing movements. them vanilla vanilla yeah exactly yeah it's very right it's very vanilla so strategy i think is going to be a little bit difficult to predict other than yeah. briggs wants to be a bit more ball dominant he wants to press at times those are just very general things that's all we can really say no. in terms for awasa up front or in the hole at times i think Briggs is going to play a little bit more of a, like it'll appear like a false nine where maybe Awasa drops a little bit deeper. He's not necessarily a false nine. I think he's just cutting off the passing option of the holding midfielder. At times that will happen because in a four, three, three, at times that's what you need. Um, other than that, he's going to play center forward again, assuming he's the starting striker. We don't know it could change in two weeks when the season kicks off, yep. but Assuming he is the starting center forward, that's what he'll play, that uh, number nine position. All right, well, anything else you have to add, Zach? By the way, Nolan had to had to dip out early. That's why he hasn't been talking for the past, like, five minutes. His little lawyer booties got some work to do at UC Davis. Yep. Well, anything else you have to add before we uh, get off the show? Nope. Looking forward to this upcoming season. It's knocking on the door. Yep. All right, well, we will see you guys at Papa Murphy's Park on Saturday. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.